Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families I have Sanjay Sharma and we are going to be speaking about sustainability lessons from and for family enterprises. I'm so excited to be tapping into the wealth of experience that um, Sanjay brings to us and I'm so excited to have you here. So welcome Sanjay. Thank you Tetsi, it's a pleasure to be with you. I would have to ask you before we start, as per my usual, if you can just give uh, a brief introduction on who you are, the experience you've had, and um, obviously your journey before we start on our conversation for today. Yeah, thank you. So I um, am currently the Dean of the Grossman School of Business at uh, University of Vermont in the US. And uh, uh, we do have uh, an MBA program that is completely focused on sustainable innovation. In fact, it is called Sustainable Innovation MBA program. And we have embedded sustainability into uh, all our curriculum, whether it's undergraduate or graduate. Before this, I was the Dean of the John Molson School of Business in Canada. And again, we did significantly embed sustainability into the curriculum. And before I became Dean, so I've been a Dean for about 15 years now, I was Canada Research Chair in Sustainability. And uh, my primary focus was research and teaching in this domain and also working with companies. I do work with companies currently to help them embed sustainability in their operations and uh, help the process of strategic change. Most of my work has been with uh, non-family businesses and more recently, I have begun to uh, look at family businesses and work with them. But this is my second career. And before my academic career, I, was, uh, I worked with uh, multinational companies uh, in various parts of the world, in Asia, in uh, West Africa, and uh, Europe. And my motivation for becoming an academic was to try and understand how the companies I worked with could uh, uh, generate positive social and environmental impacts in addition to uh, you know, providing returns for investors and in addition to being profitable, how could they also be socially and environmentally responsible? And this is something that companies struggled with even then. And uh, my research has been focused in that domain. Incredible, incredible. So looking at uh, our topic today, which is sustainability lessons, you've obviously had vast experience and you've worked with companies from across different industries, I'm sure. And um, you've, you, you um, spill uh, heading education ar- uh, around sustainability. What do you think are the most valuable lessons that family businesses can learn from their corporate counterparts that are, n- are not family businesses per se? 
Yeah, it's, you know, this is, this is a very interesting question, Setsi. You know, if you had asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have uh, listed, uh, you know, a long list of uh, uh, actions that uh, businesses need to take in order to become more sustainable. Uh, and I would have assumed that this applies to both uh, non-family businesses and family businesses. But over the last several years, having looked at family businesses, I think the, the, the question is probably, what can non-family businesses learn from family businesses? Or what can family businesses, uh, how can family businesses realize, uh, leverage or realize their uniqueness uh, in order to become more sustainable? So, you know, one of the factors that I, I have seen amongst non-family businesses uh, that have been uh, successful in embedding sustainability is to have a clear long-term vision for a sustainable business, so a strong sense of purpose. And I have found that uh, non-family businesses, specifically large corporations, struggle with uh, uh, developing a clear sense of purpose and uh, beyond you know, making profits or uh, you know, uh, producing certain products. But the focus uh, in terms of developing that purpose and also disseminating that across large organizations has been a challenge. And family businesses find it much easier. I've found to develop this sense of purpose if they turn their attention toward the great societal challenges and the sustainability challenges we are facing. So I would say that, uh, uh, you know, non-family businesses can learn from family businesses in terms of how to develop this purpose. And one of the, one of the factors is that family businesses do have a longer term orientation. They do have an orientation and, and specifically if they are, if they have an intention for uh, a continuity of the of the family business and the business family so i am going to talk about this later the distinction between the business family and the family business if they have an intention for uh, continuation of the of the business family and the family enterprise uh, then they do have a longer term temporal orientation as compared to non family businesses so they find it easier to develop this longer term purpose. And it is pretty clear that uh, over the years, over three decades of research and working with companies, that the number one factor for success in developing sustainable business models and sustainable products and uh, addressing uh, sustainability challenges is a long-term orientation, uh, long-term orientation by businesses. And, uh, and non-family businesses find it hard because you know, most of them are uh, listed in, uh, in uh, public stock exchanges where they are subject to quarterly reporting, um, analysts looking at their performance from one quarter to another, uh, and that sort of pushes forward a shorter term orientation. So I would say that is the number one factor. And when you're looking at um, at family businesses, especially from the perspective that um, you've 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 gained and um, the respect that I hear that you have for 
um, the work that they do. What do you think are some of the things that family businesses need to feel more confident confident about? Because as always, there's always that comparison between family-owned businesses where people see them as mom-and-pop stores, and sometimes even with the bigger ones, uh, people tend to attack the fact that they are family-owned and that families have their own issues. However, from what you're saying, there is a lot of strength in, in being a family-owned businesses. So what are, this, what are some of the in, um, encouragements that you would give to family-owned businesses, especially in the way that they tack, tackle sustainability? Yeah, so, you know, one of the... Uh, uh, one of the characteristics of family businesses is that they tend to be quite private mm. and uh, they tend not to be uh, in the public eye or in the media. And I have been pretty amazed uh, when I start looking at family businesses that many of them have had major uh, societal initiatives and environmental initiatives for decades. And they have never talked about it. Uh, for them, it's all about the communities uh, that they live in. And it's about stewardship of the communities that they live in and taking care not only of their people, but of, uh, of their communities, which means taking care of the environment and uh, taking uh, and uh, social inequality in the communities that they live in. But they will never talk about it and they will never uh, advertise that. And uh, on the flip side, when you see public listed companies, they really uh, might uh, have a lot of uh, false advertising. Something in, in, uh, in this industry is we, we call greenwashing in the sense that, uh, you know, uh, amplifying uh, a, a minor action into something major as a sustainability action, whereas family businesses will underplay that. And I don't know if it's good or bad, you know, in the sense that uh, 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 whether they should talk about it or not. Mm -hmm. But uh, essentially, I think that that is one of the major uh, factors for family businesses. And the other factor, of course, is uh, the, the issue of uh, succession. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, next, the next generation of family businesses, uh, the younger generation, is less excited about, uh, you know, some of the traditional businesses. Now, family businesses that have been successful over decades and over uh, the past may have been in industries that uh, were not good stewards of the environment, uh, did not promote social uh, justice or equality. They may have been in industries like forestry and steel and steel manufacture or trading or mining, you know, uh, industries that had negative impacts on the environment and on uh, social justice. And the younger generation really uh, is, is much more conscious about the societal challenges and the sustainability challenges, and they want to do business with a purpose. So if the senior generation wants the, the, the next generation to succeed them and to take over the business, uh, they have to work together with the younger generation to pa pass on their, their wisdom, mm -hmm. their experience, 
and their entrepreneurial DNA to the younger generation and combine the passion of the younger generation for uh, sustainable businesses with the experience, wisdom, and entrepreneurial expertise of the senior generation. Mm -hmm. So this is very critical. Uh, you know, the, 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 the rest sort of follows if, if this happens, because, you know, often the senior uh, generation focuses on the, not on the business family, often they focus on the family business. So the mm -hmm. family enterprise, and the focus is on succession of the family enterprise rather than succession of the business family. And that is where the challenge comes with the younger generation having very little motivation or interest in taking over these uh, traditional businesses that they see as, um, you know, sunset industries or industries that are polluting or industries that mm -hmm. may not promote social justice. So I think this is the first, first uh, uh, step that they need to take. And looking at that in, in, in greater depth from your experience and from companies you've worked with or, uh, or you have observed, what are some of the ways that have been effective in engaging the next gen in terms of um, them participating in the family uh, businesses, as well as becoming champions for sustainability and the change that comes with it, and um, also uh, for being stewards uh, of the future of the family businesses. Yeah, so we've done, you know, in recent years uh, um, with my co-authors, uh, I have done uh, a bit of research looking at family businesses on uh, uh, on uh, all uh, practically most of the continents across the world, and you know there are some common characteristics, whether it's an African family businesses or it's. Uh, European family business or an Australian or Asian family businesses, some of the common characteristics I've seen is when the generations work together. And, you know, maybe, you know, it, it is the current generation that is doing it. And it's not, uh, you know, two generations working together. It just might be the current generation. And we've seen that happen. It's about the business family developing a commitment mm. to core values to use the family business as a force of good for society. So they have to recognize that our family business is not just for manufacturing or uh, X or providing service X or Y, but it is also to contribute to society. So we have to use the family business as a force of good for society. And that is what sparks ideas and innovations and what we call as uh, sort of uh, strategic thinking about future business models, products, and ideas. The second thing that uh, is important for the business family, and this is, this is the difference between uh, family businesses and non-family businesses, is the control to implement strategic decisions and employee resources. One might think that family businesses normally do have control they normally do have quick decision-making. They have shorter lines of communication. Once they decide to do something, they can do it fast. This is not always the case. And sometimes, you know, we, I, I have seen very large family businesses uh, in the U.S. where they, have, uh, they do have control, but, you know, they are not managing the business. And uh, 
in spite of the control the management is with professional managers and the the lines of communication are not as fast so this control is really really important once the commitment has been made to deploy resources in order to achieve that purpose the third one of course is that clarity that uh, the family business uh, the, or the business family will continue beyond the tenure of the incumbent generations mm-hmm. so uh, you know uh, at least in the us i don't know what the statistics are in uh, in various countries around the world in the us 70% plus of the businesses do not pass on to the next generation so this is a crisis for family businesses mm-hmm. and uh, this is a way of engaging them but it's also a clarity that we have to find a way to continue the business family then uh, the other factor is the the family enterprise so the business family has has uh, uh, you know entrepreneurial skills and they have set up businesses so what about the businesses they have set up the family enterprises or the family businesses uh number one of course is to using that commitment of the business family to have a clear purpose uh towards sustainable development and you know one one factor we have seen in working with family businesses uh and especially the family business network around the world and their polaris initiative which is focused on sustainability mm-hmm. the family businesses around the world are coalescing around the sustainable development goals of the united nations which are very abstract and very broad but you know they they find two or three goals that they can focus on whether mm-hmm. it is conservation of resources or poverty reduction etc so to achieve a clear purpose which one or two or three sustainable development goals they will focus on the second one of course is for family businesses if they have to innovate and if they have to be successful they have to achieve professionalism that means accountability of self and their managers to spark innovation to develop the capabilities and to implement the appropriate organization design so you know uh, it's great to have a purpose but at the same at the, that uh, at the same time they must develop an efficient organization that is professional and is able to execute uh, in terms of capabilities and organization design and finally it is very important for them to have partnerships with multiple stakeholders mm. when it comes to sustainable development these goals are so broad and so abstract and so complex uh no organization or no family enterprise is an island they can't achieve it on their own mm-hmm. they have to partner with communities they have to partner with ngos they have to partner with other uh, company so even if you know uh, a family business wants to reduce its uh, emissions and waste uh, one way is to totally redesign their processes and totally uh, change their products another way is to find uh, other enterprises that can use their waste as input and we have seen a lot of these uh, initiatives which we call industrial ecology mm-hmm. where a number of companies come together and you know one company's waste becomes another company's input and so they create a closed system with no waste going into the environment mm. Mm. so yeah um, just looking at that um what are some of the most 
practical steps. Let's say you're a your family-owned business right now and um, you're listening to this and you're thinking, I want to really get involved in um, sustainability, in tackling some of the SDGs. And you, you've, you've thrown around the, the ESG word and you've seen other people doing it, but you're not quite sure where to start. What is the first step to getting started? Yeah, the first step would be to invite in an expert. So, you know, unless, so one option is to have a younger generation member who is steeped in sustainability, has developed expertise, has some education, has worked. And often, you know, uh, family businesses will send their next generation to work in other companies to gain external experience before they come back and work in the business. So one option is to have younger generation members who have a good understanding of how this process of change uh, and embedding sustainability works. Or the other step is to invite in uh, an expert who can basically, you know, uh, run a workshop for the family and their you know, most trusted advisors and senior uh, managers about their specific business and their industry and what does the journey look like? And also uh, essentially not tell them what to do, but to um, sort of facilitate their own thinking of what the future for their business uh, would look like if it was sustainable. You know, how would their products change? How, how would their products be transformed into services with minimum impact? How would they achieve social justice or equity or fair trade or living wage in the supply chains? So those are the factors. So either you develop your expertise through your young, younger generation or you, you bring in an expert who helps you create your roadmap. And once the roadmap is clear, you know, I, I, I want to talk about one one uh, uh, family business member that I knew and I respected uh, started a business called Interface, Interface mm -hmm. Carpets, Ray Anderson uh, from Atlanta in Georgia. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, he, he's passed now, but um, he, when he started this process of waste reduction, he said that once we started, once you know, he got the ex expert in to talk to their uh, family and senior management and they started the journey. Mm -hmm. He says, once we started climbing that sustainability mountain with the small steps, we began to discover, you know, every day we discovered new avenues for environmental protection and social justice. Mm -hmm. And then we sought additional information. So the, so the main issue is to start the journey. Mm. Don't think that, you know, on day one or in one year, you'll become sustainable. No organization can do that. But to begin the journey mm. and, uh, and, and the path uh, sort of, uh, you know, the, the road becomes clear as you go along this journey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also looking at the collaborations that you spoke about. I know family businesses tend to want to avoid um, partnering up at times with with bigger organizations for fear of being swallowed in in it or being inadequate 
what are your words of advice on how they can reach out to um, partners that are in, in the greater scope of things or organizations that are probably smaller than them or just getting started in the space or um, even community projects that they may not be aware of that they need to be aware of? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the, or, or so the strongest partners I've seen in terms of addressing uh, sustainable development goals and uh, and building sustainable businesses is between business and NGOs. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily with other companies. It's because the NGOs have a great deal of expertise on the ground. You know, they have been working in the local context for a long time and the employees of the NGOs have a very good understanding of the local culture, the local conditions, the local challenges and the barriers. Uh, the, the problem with NGOs is that they, they are often, uh, you know, reliant on external donations and resources. So they are unable to scale and, you know, they, they, they cannot uh, sort of uh, achieve a big impact on their own. But if they partner with businesses, and we have I've seen a lot of that businesses partnering with NGOs to leverage their expertise. That means the businesses have the technology, the resources, uh, the managerial expertise, mm -hmm. and the NGOs have a very good, deep understanding of the social and environmental issues on the ground and the culture. And that partnership is the most fruitful, not necessarily other companies. But you know, uh, we have also seen situations where small and medium businesses, uh, maybe 90, 95% of them are family businesses. Mm -hmm. They get together into this partnerships of this, uh, what we call, you know, we've seen this uh, instances of waste registries where they register their waste in a central registry and everyone does. And then they look at their waste and say that, you know, we can, we could use your waste as input and eventually, you know, you take the waste out of the system. And mo mostly it is these smaller businesses and as I said, uh, almost all of them are family businesses with a few exceptions. If they're not family businesses, then they're entrepreneurial driven businesses and you know, large businesses don't get into these uh, sort of partnerships. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much Sanjay for, for joining me today and um, just explaining some of the things that we take for granted when we're looking at sustainability and also um, creating a, a conversation around the way to get started, especially for family businesses. What are the uh, final parting words that you would like to share with family businesses, as well as bigger firms that uh, want to work with family businesses in areas around sustainability and how they can uh, be more supportive? Yeah, I have to. I, I have to say that you know, having worked with family businesses uh, in recent years. I have been very impressed with certain characteristics of family businesses. They have a longer term orientation. Mm -hmm. They have the ability to transmit knowledge and entrepreneurial DNA across generations, which is a big barrier for, uh, for non-family businesses because you know if every few years the, the managers and the senior uh, leadership churns so that uh, knowledge is not transferred. Mm -hmm. Family businesses are uh, focused on financial and non-financial goals. They are also focused on preservation of socio-emotional wealth in addition mm -hmm. to profitability. And family businesses have values that are more enduring than uh, non-family businesses. And the other thing that many family businesses have is their name is on the business. Mm -hmm. So their reputation is at stake. 
you know, uh, a negative reputation could be bad, not only for the business, but for the family, because their name is on the business. So I would say that uh, family businesses have certain, uh, you know, inherent advantages if they want to become sustainable. And it would be a big advantage for non-family businesses to partner with them and to learn from them on how to build these this long-term orientation and values and a focus on balancing financial and non-financial goals. Well, thank you so, so much, Sanjay. And how can people get hold of you if they want to explore more on the work that you've been doing, um, articles you've been, uh, you've been writing? And I know you've got a book that's out. Yeah, I do have uh, several books that are out, Mm -hmm. most of them on sustainability, uh, more recently on uh, sustainability in family businesses and case studies of pioneering sustainable family businesses. So, um, you know, my my email is uh, my name. So Sanjay.Sharma at uvm.edu and everyone is willing, uh, is welcome to contact me. And if I can help, I'll be happy to help. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sanjay. My pleasure. Thank you, Sitsi.